We're motoring along the lower reaches of Lake Rotorangi, formed behind the hydropower dam on the Patea River, about 20 kilometres northeast of Hawara in South Taranaki. My sense of direction's completely scrambled after travelling the winding back road to the jetty, then the meandering twists of this lake. It's just that sense of dislocation that's been visited on the six teenagers Neville Phillips is heading to pick up. These young offenders have just spent three days solo in the bush along the lakeside, left with a sleeping bag, a plastic sheet and a minimal survival pack. What do you say? Come here. I thought I'd leave you here for another day or two. You look like you're enjoying yourself. The teens would normally be made to catch and eat possums, goats and eels. But with a drought-imposed fire ban, they instead swapped skinned possums for a daily can of spaghetti or beans and a piece of fruit. You're still alive, Dino. They used to follow stocking the first thing. That's because you didn't do any work. You've got to do the work, mate. You don't get the rewards unless you do the work. You know the story. You're hungry. I'm not surprised. You went hungry for 24 hours because you didn't do any work, mate. That's tough. The teenagers are the latest batch on the Start Taranaki program, a 20-week wilderness-based course led by its founder Neville Phillips, aimed at trying to turn around young offenders, mostly from the lower North Island. The um, first four weeks consist of a wilderness experience or isolation, as we sometimes refer to it. Um, it's followed by eight weeks in the residence, uh, which is the old home in Kaoponga that we use. Um, and there's a further eight-week transition period where we put them back in the community and we monitor them to just make sure they're staying in the um, placements that we put them in, the, 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 living, um, the living arrangement and the work arrangement or training or course or school, whatever it is that we put them in. We just make sure they're staying on track, basically, try and provide as much support as we can while they're there. But while there's plenty of follow-up, the month in wilderness is the defining element of Start Taranaki. Before going solo, the boys have already spent a week tramping about 150 kilometres in the steep back country. Yeah, there has to be a physical element. I mean, isolation was, um, the original intention was to provide a wilderness experience which gave the boys um, a look at something totally different to what they'd experienced before. But it's also largely about um, detoxing, I guess, is a term you could use. The first week specifically is um, it's hard work. They, they tramp every day, um, minimum five hours, uh, anything up to nine hours. Um, they drink lots and lots of water in that time. Um, and it, it's about flushing the systems. We generally find it about day three, four and five. We get lots of kids that really bottom out. They get frustrated, they get angry, they don't want to be there. But by that stage, we're that far out in the bush, they, they just don't know where else to go, so they've got to follow along. But... Yeah, the idea is, is to, uh, basically to, to find the real kid if you get the fast foods and the sugars, the drugs uh, and the, the, pre the peer pressure, uh, all those things you know, out of the way. Um, you start dealing with a kid that's um, really just a nice kid who's uh, frustrated and, uh, you know, it is a uh, rough country. It's um, you know, typical East Taranaki bush country. It's up and down to really steep hills and, uh, yeah, it's hard work. Dean was sent to start from what he calls lock-up the Lower North Island Youth Justice Residence in Palmerston North. He'd been convicted of burglary and breaking into cars to get money for drugs to sell for profit. We've done the whole week walking, walking through the bush, up and down hills. Like, that sucks, because your bag's heavy. feels heavy when you first start. I don't know, I was moaning heaps. I don't really want to walk sometimes. 
Fifteen-year-old Michael had also been sent to the lock-up residence by the youth court for stealing cars and assaults. The only dumb things about this place is that you walk a lot. Sort of got to um like try and cope with it mentally and physically, so it's pretty hard at times. We walked up big as hills, got up to like trigs and stuff. Ah, it's pretty hard. At the end, I thought I just walked the whole week with hills and stuff day after day. So I, I, I just, I, I, I'm thinking like, if I can walk those hills, then I can just think of all the other problems in my life as hills. I can walk over them. Start Taranaki is one of the existing courses National's Fresh Start is modelled on. The policy was launched by John Key last month as a way of getting tough on young offenders. Mr Key wants the youth court to sentence up to 1,000 of the country's worst youth offenders to three months at a military-style camp to instil discipline, routine and personal responsibility. He says he's not advocating the old-fashioned boot camp with a shouting sergeant major and adds that after three months at camp, the youths would get another nine months of mentoring and wraparound social services. John Key says at a cost of $50,000 for each youth, he'd expect reoffending by participants to fall at least 50%. Well, I'd like to think that the results would be um, better than half. I mean, ultimately, we're spending quite a lot of money and taking a lot of time, and I know we're dealing with um, young people who've probably got some substantial issues, but for the kind of investment and the, and the pastoral care and the mentoring that we intend to give them, then if we can't get a decent number of them uh, starting to see a new life and, and behaving in a difficult, different way, then you've got to think that it's, uh, it's not doing the job we want it to do. The Corrections Minister, Phil Goff, has rubbished the idea. They don't work and John Key knows they don't work because they've been tried every decade in New Zealand from the 1950s. And when I got around to abolishing them in 2000, the current failure rate of corrective training was between 92 and 96% re-offending at the completion of the program. That makes boot camps the least successful of all programs trialled by the Justice Department or more recently the Justice Ministry. If it doesn't work, why would we waste our time and money in persevering with it, other than, of course, because it has some superficial populist appeal by people who think that somehow a Spartan environment and uh, a heavy physical training program will change behaviour. But Key has specifically said these aren't old-style boot camps I'm talking about. In a sense, you're setting up a straw man there that's kind of easy to knock down compared to what he's really talking about. Oh, no, he's the one that, uh, that has set up the, the principle of military-style training and boot camps, and where it suits his audiences, he will talk in that vein. Uh, when challenged about the total failure of boot camps, uh, then he adopts a, a somewhat softer approach, uh, suggesting, oh, he'd have other things on it uh, uh, that were to do with addressing the causes of offending. John Key wants the army involved, and he's clear tough discipline would be a feature of Fresh Start. Yeah, well, it will be tough, I think, early on. Um, and uh, Look, I don't think it's a matter of, of saying the camp's successful because they run round the, the, the quadrant 50 times and it's unsuccessful because they do it 10 times. It's a matter of what will work. But I suspect the reality is in the first, in the initial part of the programme, it'll be much more heavily weighted towards the this is the way it's done and, and it's three bags full and, and that sort of aspect of things. And the, the, the sort of you know tougher, disciplined, here's the rules, don't step over the line attitude will dominate the early part of the, of the, 
the camp. Three section, lift the left leg up, smash it inside the right, same time, carry the arms behind the body, side of the pants, really for the seams of the trousers. Three section, chop! One! Move to the right, and three, right! Chop! One, left, right, two! The Army already runs a residential program for youth at Christchurch's Burnham Camp, although the Limited Service Volunteer Company, or LSV, is for the unemployed, not for young criminals. The commanding officer, Major Kate Linton, explains that the discipline is military style. We have the power to administer, but also enforce, standards that you wouldn't expect within civilian straits, uh, but are required you know, they form that basis for discipline within the military, such as the need to be respectful at all times, to listen to commands and to carry out the actions, to have clean boots, for example, you know, to take bride in your dress and bearing, make sure your buttons are done up. And the scheme appears very successful. 75 to 80% move from the unemployment benefit into either trade-related training, further education, or into some sort of full-time work. So the course is extremely positive, not only from the statistical side of things that we see, but also the personal level, when you see the self-growth within the trainees, when you feel the, their pride when they're marching out you know, six weeks after the programme started. Just the self-confidence in some of these trainees is phenomenal, the growth that has occurred. Although some of the limited service volunteers have minor criminal records, unemployed teenagers on the current course have mixed views about forcing offenders to fall in at Burnham. 19-year-old Trinity Rangihuna reckons it could work. One of the boys in our platoon, he's only 17, he's, he was either going to go to the youth prison or here, and he chose here, and um, he's doing good, he's keeping up with us. And um, he was telling me some of his stories, like how he got kicked out of school, he was pretty violent, he was just getting into fights and stuff like that, and doing heaps of crimes and stuff like that, in and out of foster care and stuff like that, and I'll say he's doing alright, yeah. But fellow trainee Edward McMurtry believes volunteering is essential to the success of LSV. There are a few criminals and things on the course and simply by volunteering they've shown that they want to change themselves. If you're just sending people to a boot camp, they're not in that mindset as to they want to change. It's kind of things being drilled and drummed into them. With career criminals or people that are reoffending, if it hasn't worked in prison, you know, why would it work at a boot camp? Someone different yelling at them isn't going to change um, their way of thinking. The army is reluctant to comment directly on such a political hot potato as National's so-called boot camp policy. But Major Kate Linton offered a brief view on the impact of taking on youngsters sent by the courts for committing serious crimes. I believe it would depend on the nature of the people who were brought here. We are not equipped to deal with serious offenders. We aren't the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff, as they say, where the netting at the top as people sort of start to tip over. So there would be issues involved in having more serious offenders on the course and that would something that would need to be reviewed if that situation arose. John Key is definite. If National takes office, the Army will do what it's told. The bottom line is, you know, we ask the armed services in New Zealand to conduct all sorts of activities. You know, if there's a civil emergency, we expect them to step in. Uh, there's a history of them helping out at-risk young people with the Limited Services Volunteer Programme. And I'm, I suspect, you know, the Army would respond positively as long as they understand they'll have the resourcing, they'll have our support. You know, the, New Zealand has a military capability so that it can achieve quite a wide range of outcomes for us. And when I look at a society which has got some substantial dysfunctional aspects to it, then 
I'm sorry, but you know, I think the army do have a responsibility and the government has a responsibility to try and do something about this. And that will be the instruction the national government will be giving. You're on very thin ice, young man. Very thin ice. Because at the moment, you're about as much use to me as a chocolate ashtray on a motorbike. Barry Henderson learned to do as he was told when drafted into national service as a long-haired 19-year-old in 1967. Went into the system pretty anti by saying, why should I be doing this? Within three weeks, I suddenly thought, well, there's another side to life. Loved the army and, in fact, joined the regular army and spent uh, three and a half years mainly in Southeast Asia, including Vietnam. Mr Henderson is now a criminal barrister, often defending young men on legal aid, and says National's military camps would probably work. They would have to be exposed to fairly rigorous discipline. If you have a structure uh, that has rewards, incentives and some punitive effect, then they will get the message and they would invariably respond, or most of them would. Even though they would begrudgingly go along and do things, if they work as a team and then all of a sudden the team dynamics takes over and the team says, we have to work collectively to obtain this particular goal, all human beings get an immense satisfaction out of that. So even some of these little uh, ratbags uh, who show no respect for authority, I believe that put into that environment, they would respond. When you're looking at the crime statistics, looking at the aimless way some of these young people live, uh, I think the experiment is worth it. Another Vietnam veteran, former Army Sergeant Hawea Gray, also served in Malaysia, Borneo and Singapore. His 20-year stint began when the Māori Welfare Department of the late 1950s recognised he was headed for trouble and needed tighter control. Now he's on the RSA's Committee of Youth Affairs and says military discipline is still a good option for teenagers off the rails. I personally believe that if there are people, uh, whether they're uh, going bad or otherwise, the army is a good solution uh, for them if, you know, if, if their education probably is, is not up to a standard where they may be able to get themselves a decent job or if they find that army life may be for them. Uh, in the time that I served, uh, I thought that the Māori children, you know, adapted to army life a lot better than perhaps a lot of other, you know, Pākehā. And do you think that would be still be the same today? Because there's this focus on youth offenders, and of course a lot of them going through the courts are young Māori men or young Māori boys, however yeah, you see them. Yeah. Would you see the boot camp approach suiting them particularly? Yes, I would. I, 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 I do think so. My problem with the boot camp is that no matter how long you keep them for, whether it be six weeks, six months, eventually they're going to go back to their home environment. And I don't believe that the home environment in that time would have changed. Along with army bosses, judges will also be under new orders if National wins this year's election. The so-called boot camp idea is just one of the party's proposed youth justice changes. The principal youth court judge, Andrew Beecroft, says youth aren't the only problem. Serious violence is increasing across all age groups, except 10 to 13-year-olds where it is, perhaps reassuringly, going down. He says people are right to be worried about the surge in serious youth violence. There have been some shockingly violent crimes committed by young people that have rightly captured the, the real concern of the whole community. We're certainly seeing an increase in those offences involving weapons and those offences that are 
called grievous bodily harm offences. We are seeing a rise in street violence, in spontaneous, often drug-related, alcohol-related, mindless violence that occurs simply in a flash, often in public places, often involving young men or a group of young men. 83% of those who come to the youth court are males, and this is primarily a symptom of a a small group of disconnected, violent, drug-dependent boys who aren't attending school. As a judge, he can't comment on party policies, but Judge Beecroft can discuss the issues. Do boot camps work? Depends what we mean by the word boot camp. Boot camp can, can mean many different things to different people. In the traditional sense, a boot camp meant a three-month, short, sharp, military-based shock. The order was jump and the answer was how high. And it was focused, it was strong discipline, and it lasted for about three months. We actually had that sentence in New Zealand. It was called corrective training for under 17-year-olds, and there was a 96% about reoffending rate. We found that certainly the boys became fitter and stronger, but they were still burglars. They could just run faster and were harder to catch. So the boot camp and the old-fashioned understanding of the word of a short, sharp, military-based shock anywhere in the Western world doesn't work in reducing reoffending. What we know works, and this might be a different definition of boot camp, is where, for instance, you take a group of young boys into the wilderness in an adventure challenge type environment where there's no lock and key other than a four or five day trek out, even if you had a map and a compass. So that might be a month or two months there or at somewhere like Burnham or Wairu where there are trained instructors who work alongside the young people. What the young people do, they do. Then that might be followed by time uh, back nearer their homes with life skills, vocational training, a guaranteed job, mentors. Now that's what works and if we call that a boot camp, we'll fine. It's no coincidence that sounds like the Start Taranaki programme. Judge Beecroft says there are similar programmes based in Hastings, South Auckland and elsewhere, but he rates Start as among the best in the country, and as good as any in the world. The only tragedy is we've got so few of those sorts of programmes nationwide. But you see, this is tough, tough work. In a sense, we're dealing with and diffusing, I suppose you could say somewhat dramatically, unexploded human time bombs. It's the ultimate in human bomb disposal. It's... it's it's reducing risk, it's working with the young offender and their family. It's tough, tough work. One of the reasons that we don't have more of them is few people are skilled enough or committed enough t to do it. After the shock of a week's hard tramping and three days solo in the bush, the six teens still have more tramping, rifle range training, hunting, a four-day kayaking expedition and abseiling before they leave the hills. Then it's on to an isolated beach for surfing, sea kayaking and kaimoana gathering. Neville Phillips says there's much more self-esteem and respect to work with during the boys' eight weeks at Start's residential base after they've been in the bush and on the beach. The focus on uh, residents is really about building a work ethic, um, which most of them don't have. Um, as I say, it's, it's those life skill things about getting out of bed and going to work and putting in a hard day's work, and when you come home you, um, you're rewarded for it by doing um, some relaxing things, like again going to the beach, going surfing, fishing, uh, kayaking, whatever it may be. Um, just uh, basically trying to teach them that you know if you work hard, um, you're entitled to play hard as well, and, uh, but there's some fun things you can do without having to load up on alcohol and drugs to, to do it. Staff then work alongside the boys as they move back into the community, usually into subsidised work or training. It's expensive work, $25,000 per teenager, 
And with only two-thirds of the costs covered by child, youth and family, Neville Phillips says the programme struggles to survive. But it works. Police youth aid figures show that a year on from the programme, graduates are committing around 70% fewer crimes. The offences are mostly minor and half the teenagers haven't re-offended at all. Neville Phillips prefers to focus on employment rather than crime. 42% of the youths are in paid work and another fifth are training or on work experience. Yes, the course is tough, he says, but encouragement and trust are equally vital. I guess the older element of people out there tend to think that you know army boot camps are the armies where all these kids should be that you know that the army will make them or break them and uh, the reality of it is is that you know some kids are suited to the army and um, that's where they should be but uh, there are a hell of a lot of kids that that aren't suited to the army and if you try and put them in there they will just run away simple as that and uh, then you just that kicks them up to another level of offending basically where you know they think it's a hopeless case and everybody's out after me and. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, boot camps, it's, it's not a good term. Um, it's, ours is certainly not a boot camp. As I say, ours is about building trust and they're expected to, to live by the boundaries that we put in place. And uh, we're dealing, um, our course is aimed at the, the high-risk youth offenders. Um, they're the ones that are used to bucking the system, um, used to ignoring the rules and doing their own thing. And uh, I would say that a huge proportion of the kids that we're actually dealing with um, placed into an, a boot camp situation where you try to instill discipline into them um, on a fast track basis, um, you'll get rebellion they'll, and they'll just get up and they'll leave. I mean, we have a government and an opposition who uh, voted in an anti-smacking policy and yet here they want to put kids into boot camps and what are they going to do when the kids dig their toes in and say, get snuffed? What are they going to do? Put them over their knee and slap their backsides? You know, um, and, and kids will back up on them, no question of that. And the um, reality of it is, is, you know, legally there's not a damn thing you can do about that, whether you're on an army base or not. National's fresh start would see young criminals face compulsory sentences to attend camp. The teens on Start Taranaki's programme all chose to be here, and they have mixed views on whether forcing others to attend would work. John got caught stealing from cars. He wants to go back to school, then join the army, but he knows that's not for everyone. If I got ordered to go on it, I'd be all keen for it. It would work for some people, but not for others. Like Some people just they would just try and get kicked off, pretty much. It wouldn't work for it, and others would enjoy it. Just depends. 15-year-old Michael, with a record for assault and car theft, says a short, sharp shock could work. I reckon like if it was harder than it is like now, I reckon it would probably change most criminals. Like, not saying that it will, but it might have a 50-50 chance that it, that it will, like that it might, because if it's harder than it is now, then criminals might think, fuck, I don't want to go back on that course, you know. If it's, like, especially if it's run by military sort of style. Ben was convicted of assault with intent to injure for attacking a couple of strangers in a park with a group of drunken friends. He says discipline won't make a difference for those who don't want to change. If I was in like 14 and I was on there, I would have been pretty like, I didn't want to do that sort of thing, so I would just stay true to that and just try my best not to do whatever they told me to do. So if they wanted me to do it and I didn't want to do it, I would just tell them where to go, because you can't make someone do what they don't want to do. It depends on the young person, because they got to want to change. It's, I reckon it's just a waste of time sending them to boot camps and shit like that, if they just going to and then come back out on the streets and get back into trouble anyway. They've got to really want to change. And would-be cannabis entrepreneur Dean is adamant boot camp would fail. Nah, f- Wolf. 
Not if you're getting told what to do all the time. Probably me, because I'm on, on like... Oh, but I probably want to go to jail instead. Fuck that. I hate, I hate army shit. That sort of resistance is no surprise to Judge Andrew Beecroft. I think with your children and with mine, that sort of short, sharp shock may well work, may well jerk them into a sense of reality. But you see, the boys we're talking about usually aren't, thankfully, your kids or mine. They are boys who have had violent, dysfunctional pasts. Uh, they've been highly transient. They may have lost contact with a dad. Mum may have had several relationships. They've had trouble settling into school. There's been early property offending, drug use by 10 or 11. They come, therefore, with a constellation of problems. There is no single magic bullet. It's hard, tough work. Despite its success rate, Start Taranaki can't promise to work for everyone. 16-year-old Jeremiah dropped out of the wilderness course. I found him hanging out at the Waves Youth Drop-In Centre in New Plymouth. The bush ain't the place for me. I'd rather be in a cell than that. Not because the cells, you know, that ain't the life I want to live, but I'd rather be walking around having a feed than walking around trying to kill a goat. I'm not a country man, I'm a city boy. These teenage offenders have highlighted one thing. The appetite for a solution to youth crime isn't limited to members of the public fearful of becoming victims. It's also shared by those on the path to becoming seasoned criminals. All those doing time in the bush told me they signed up because a job is promised at the end of the programme. Jeremiah too is desperately hoping an answer for him will come soon. Once you're in the system, you're in the system, bro. They just find it hard to give you another chance. They look down on me now. I heard heaps of people say everyone deserves a second chance, but I ain't got it. To be honest, I want to be a working man. I want to go home to my girlfriend cooking me eggs or something. I don't want to be going to jail. That's all right. Stuff happens. But the only reason I assault people is because I hold all my emotions inside, and then when it comes out, it comes all out in one ball. But Are you just looking forward and thinking, this is me, I'm going to be a criminal? Yeah, well, to be honest, I can just see myself in and out of jail. It cuts me up, but what can I do about it? That's the big question, what can I do? It's breaking my mum's heart. That's why I want to change. Because I don't like seeing my mum cry. Yeah, I feel that this is my life, bro, jail. And you don't know how much it hurts me. I put on this big show for my friends, but I'm scared, but...